Hi everyone and welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail. Welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 550. And I'm here once again not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer more of your planning questions. We're going to discuss everything from details and stories hiding in plain sight in Liberty Square to planning for the opening of Galaxy's Edge, Leave a Legacy and the Walk Around the World Bricks, special occasion dining at Disneyland, Be Our Guest Lunch versus Be Our Guest Dinner, convention strategies, annual pass holder resort discounts, Walt Disney World history books, the best podcast app, predictions for the next nighttime parade in Magic Kingdom, and a lightning round of questions that you can answer as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more information about our next WW Radio Meet of the Month, special events, Star Wars Celebration, live broadcasts, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. It's time to open up the inbox once again to help you have a better Disney experience, not just at home, but when you come to the parks. And I love, love, love answering your emails because I've always wanted this show to be interactive. I don't want you to just be a consumer, but a creator of the content and part of the conversation and more importantly, the community. And when you hear that I'm going to be answering emails, if you've listened to the show in the past, you probably know that I'm going to be joined by a woman who also loves being part of the family and the community and the club as well. And when I say club, I don't mean the Mickey Mouse one. I mean the one that starts and ends with the numbers 3-3. But we had so much fun answering emails last time. It's time to do it again. And of course, it's time to welcome back Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. You're getting better at these introductions and not kind of holding me off to the side with me going, 
what two characters should I come back with? I try, you know what? After 15 years, I try and mix it up. I try oh and gosh. mix it up. And speaking of mixing wrong? it up, Becky, what? we did have so much fun on our last email show, despite the <laughs> fact that literally you were cursing at me, causing me to edit the beginning of the introduction <laughs> because we tried something new and I loved it so much and the feedback was so wonderful <laughs> that despite your objections before we started recording this morning, we're going to do it again. Because I know how much why, right? I know how much you love it's when you. I it's, when I don't go you. through the you're emails try first. Try to box me into a corner. You're gonna. I never do that. I never do that. Puppet, you're gonna do something. You so just. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Right, because I know how much you enjoy when I don't go through the emails first and instead just open up the inbox and randomly select them live as we go along. So once again. Like it or not, we are going to get right into the mystery mailbag. And oh, by the way, Becky, stay tuned because I have a surprise for you once again at the end of the segment. Yay. <laughs> and with that, we will kick. Don't sound so enthusiastic, really. After Yay. Diane Jones says, after three decades of visiting Walt Disney World, my husband and I have accidentally planned a trip how do you actually, oh, actually planned a trip during the Star Wars half marathon, which BTW, which means, by the way, Becky, is coming up in a matter of, wow, it's, it's a matter of hours. She had no idea it was going on April 4th through the 7th. Can I briefly tell them how it might affect touring and traffic? We're staying at the Beach Club Villas and plan for Animal Kingdom for the 5th, Epcot for the 6th, and tentatively a water park for the for the. I'm assuming she means the seventh. I gather there are different runs each day. We still hope to be able to make the meat of the month. If it's not in a park, it's not going to be. Polite pig. So good. So much meat. Um, thanks for any any information you can give us, Diane. Uh, Diane, thank you so much. My first answer to you is don't worry. Don't panic. And this applies to not just the Star Wars half marathon. And, and this show will probably go up at, at as the half marathon weekend ends. But whether it's Star Wars, Princess, Wine and Dine, or the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend, the advice that we'll give is pretty much going to be the same because the only way that traffic will be affected will be very early in the morning. When I say very early, I don't mean an hour before rope drop. I mean the only traffic you're going to see is probably between around 2.30 a.m. and about 6 or 7 a.m. when the roads are blocked off because the runners will actually be running on World Drive, over through Magic Kingdom. So you might see some delays early morning if you are driving or if you are on a bus. As far as touring itself is concerned, there are additional guests usually that are here for the marathon weekends, but I don't believe so much so that it it dramatically impacts the crowds and the wait times any more so than it is during what is you know, relatively, you know, spring break is just ending. So it's not going to impact the crowd all that very much versus any other regular weekend. Yeah, I agree that um, a lot of the runners too don't spend a lot of time in the parks. So even though the, the crowds or it may look like it's going to be crowded due to the availability of rooms and so forth, um, the runners that are taking it really seriously are either back resting or getting in their ice bath or they are making their costume for the next day which i think is probably going to be the mass majority of them 
But one thing that I do, uh, I do like is that at those resorts, especially like Beach Club, they do have the large posters that they post telling you what's closed, what's open, um, how to best get around during that time period. Because like you said, the most quote unquote inconvenience happens in the early morning hours. And if you're really there for vacation and not there to, uh, to run or to cheer, you're probably not going to be that impacted. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it, it's really just going to be for the early morning time. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't worry too very much. Although people might be, the only impact you might see is all the people trying to carb load the night before the races. Right. Um, <laughs> Glenn Blankenship writes in and says, Hey Lou, I'm hoping you can clear something up. Dot, dot, dot. Dramatic pause. Most of the time when I hear somebody talk about the brownish covered river-like pattern thing that quote unquote flows in the concrete from, oh, I'm so excited for this, that flows in the concrete from Liberty Square to Frontierland, they call it a river of dot, 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 you know, but I feel certain that I've heard at least one expert, and I think it was you, refute that popular claim. I'd like to know once and for all, does that brown shape have any meaning? And if so, in all capital letters, what? Thank you for the grand tradition. Thank you for the grand... Ruin it for you. This is not a spoiler. It's not the end of Avengers Endgame that I'm giving you. Thanks for keeping (laughs) the magic alive in the hearts of millions through your wonderful work, Glenn Blankenship. So, Becky, if you haven't heard me talk about this in the past, then clearly you have not been listening because this is one of my favorite details anywhere in Walt Disney World. This also tells me that you have not listened to any or all of my audio tours of Walt Disney World, including, but not limited to, Liberty Square, which, by the way, still on sale for just $10 at www.com or iTunes. However, Glenn, uh, I don't know the, I don't know what you had, you know, in, in block parentheses. I do like to call it, and I am not the only one who likes to refer to it as what it really is. It truly is a river of poo, a river of waste, call it what you like, and I'll give you the very quick Reader's Digest abbreviated version for your benefit and clearly Becky's as well. Because again, Liberty Square in colonial times, much like Liberty Square in Walt Disney World, they had no, I mean, there's, they have internal plumbing, but they didn't have bathrooms inside their homes or even places of public accommodation. So what they would do is they would take their trays and buckets of waste and they would throw it out the windows and it would actually pool into the center of the streets and form what is appropriately looking and called the river of poo now i'm going to take you back in time a little ways because throughout liberty square's history and all of the the park's history sometimes you'll see or not even notice subtle changes that disney will make years ago Uh, Actually, right in front of the Columbia Harbor House was one of my favorite places to take people and show them because there were two things there. One, just outside the box window where one of the entrances is that faces um, the Haunted Mansion, there were um, uh, like flagstones out there and they were actually slanted and angled in uh, towards the street because much like the homes in colonial times, the, the sidewalks would almost be angled so that when things were thrown out the window, it wouldn't puddle in front of the house, but would actually flow down into the center of the street, not just where people would avoid walking, but where the horses would walk as well. So when they would do 
what the horses need to do. It would all sort of flow into that Grand River. Now, I'll give you a little spoiler alert, Becky Mankin, if you pay very, very close attention as you cross from the old world into the new, from Fantasyland into Liberty Square. When you enter Liberty Square from the central hub, which is sort of Liberty Square's Main Street USA, you'll see that the rivers of poo flow from both of those. They meet in the center of Liberty Square and they continue on towards Frontierland. That also, as you approach Frontierland, where that um, slight change in the pavement goes to a wooden, sort of a, a wooden plank, look to your left. There's a small flowing stream. That is you crossing the mighty Mississippi River, and that's where the River of Pooh sort of dumps out into. But if you look to your left through the archway and the overpass, that leads you into Adventureland, you'll see that the river also flows from there, but appropriately enough, that's where the restrooms are as well. <laughs> that's convenient. That's that's History I'm really glad we did this this format today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like no, you I, learned something, anything at all in that, or were you not even paying attention? I was totally paying attention because when you go to Europe when you go to England or when you go to France or into Germany and you go into some of the older villages, you see the same exact thing. So the, um, the imagine Imagineering staff definitely thought about all those details and they definitely put the river of Prue in the middle of the magic kingdom. It's all in the details, historically accurate. Uh, I, yeah. This is not meant to shout, sound like a shameless plug, but that's one of the things that I really try and talk about, not just on the show, but in the audio tours, I, I, I'm very, um, I go slow and I'm very deliberate in pointing a lot of those things out that I think a lot of guests unfortunately miss. But once you see them, you have all these sort of aha moments and it really makes you understand how and why and where everything is placed because nothing is there by accident. It all helps to tell a story. And because there is no sort of great big book of Imagineering, that's what the, the show and audio guides want to do. Anyway. And, what? and you get to say River of Pooh and giggle about it. I love saying River of It was always when – when I used to do – I used to do give private tours of the parks. That was always like the moment that I looked forward to is, was I would – bring guests around and I would take them there and ask them, what do you think this is? What do you think this this river represents? And it was always fascinating. I would get all these different answers and sometimes it would be, dude, I don't know. Like, And then I'll never forget one time I said, what do you think that this uh, tannish brown gravel inside sort of offset from the red pavement represents? And some older gentleman literally like puts out his hand like on my shoulder and he's like, I got this. I know this. He says, because as as the uh, American colonies were being formed and a people left the old world of Europe and planned to move forward as they and he goes on this very long, wonderful dialogue about the, wow. the expansion of America and the heart of this country. And I'm like, that's <laughs> true. And that's wonderful. But it's a river of poo. And the six year old kids <laughs> just loved it. I kill with the under eight-year-old set so that's so totally my target demographic in terms of my humor so okay side note though i have to ask was there anybody who didn't maybe appreciate the story as much or did you have pretty much everybody was all in and, and giggling and like little eight-year-olds i sleep well thinking that the story killed every time okay i'll but, buy that for the moment yeah <laughs> 
All right, so Julie says, hey, Louie, booked a trip August 25th through the 31st this year specifically to avoid Star Wars opening. Oh. Oy. Now with the announcement of it opening earlier than we thought, do you think we're going to be okay if, during the trip if we just plain avoid Hollywood Studios? Do I think the rest of the parks will be packed? Thank you, Julie. Julie, I got good news and I got, and I think I have good news, right? So, right, the announcement for the opening of Galaxy's Edge for August 29th was a surprise to a lot of people who expected it to be later on, possibly in the fall, maybe October 1st, even later on in the season. Do I think you will be okay if you avoid Hollywood Studios? Yes. Clearly, we are going to see and anticipate crowds, in, in a, especially to that park, the likes of which we have not seen in the past. What we have seen for Toy Story Land, and I think even for Pandora, are going to pale in comparison to what Galaxy's Edge is going to bring. And again, because it's not just the, the, the Disney fans and the summertime crowd, but all of the Star Wars enthusiasts that may have never visited a Disney park before. That being said, you're also going in August, which means that kids are still off of school. It is still the the uh, high season for Disney. Florida schools are already back in school, but you are still going to have just those normal summer crowds. So will the other parks be packed relative to Hollywood Studios? Probably not. You know, it may seem like <laughs> veritable ghost towns, but you, you are still going to have to deal with one, the overflow of those guests that might not be able to wait to get into Galaxy's Edge, as well as just the regular crowds as well. This is an interesting quagmire. Um, not knowing what to expect, except for we know that it's going to be crazy uh, busy. We know that people are going to be there. Even people who are not Disney fans, who have been Star Wars fans all their lives, are waiting for this opening, right? But we just don't know what to expect on these days. And and that that little wrench that they threw in by opening early um, and just having the one attraction rather than the two, will it impact the um, the crowds? It's really a difficult thing to to try to guess at, isn't it? No, I don't. I have no difficulty guessing that the crowds are going to be insane. That's, well, yeah, that, I, <laughs> but I mean, right. if it's going to have a positive or negative impact, um, opening early like that, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. Like uh, the difference between what they're doing at Disney World as opposed to Disneyland is also a really interesting scenario. Where in Disneyland you have to get a an appointment to go into the land. Um, but to answer her question, I totally agree with you. I think that. Uh, that some of the other lands are going to get some overflow when people just discover that they don't want to wait eight hours in the August heat to get into the land, depending on what it's going to be. And it might not be that bad, but looking at uh, Toy Story, what was it? Those first couple of days, about a five hour wait just to get it was to the a, land. Just to get into the land. Was, and and, and yeah. to your point, we, we don't know if Disney World is going to do the same as at the yeah. Disneyland in terms of having to almost have a, a reservation to get into the land for that initial um, opening period. So it is a little bit of ways away. We'll have to see what Disney decides to do. But um, I don't think that, that just because the crowds are going to be so much more exponentially high in Hollywood studios, that that pen, that flight of passage is going to be a walk on. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, though, it does also offer an interesting opportunity to people watch in Hollywood studios, going just to 
see all, all the crazy that occurs uh, without having any expectation of getting in the land actually sounds a little appealing. That I figure is that's the thing you want to just watch all the chaos and it. I do. I <laughs> I do I, want to kind of watch it from you know get get my diet coke and sit on a bench somewhere and kind of see it all go down. I I, I actually think what I would if that actually happens, I would be more interested to see you sitting out in the Florida heat in a diet coke watching people oh, go by because wow. I can't imagine that happening either. Maybe I'll find a place with a window. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured <laughs> as much. Air conditioning with an adult beverage that I can actually watch. Yeah, okay. Story. So Jeff Lewis says, "Hey, I've only <laughs> recently found your podcast on Pandora." Oh, I think you mean you found the podcast on Pandora, the listening platform, not the podcast about Pandora, the land. It took me a second. And I've become or the, or the jewelry store or that, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've become a huge fan of the podcast. Great work. And it's good to know I'm not the only Disney nut out there. Jeff, you are among your people. I promise you. My question is about the leave a legacy tiles that are in front of Epcot and what the plans are for those tiles individually. My son and I had our etching on one of the monuments in the entranceway to Epcot. The Leave a Legacy program was prior to our daughter being born and discontinued before we could add her to a tile. Every time we visit Disney and Epcot, we stop by, we visit our tile out of nostalgia and to mark the difference in our family from my son at about three or so with only one child. I'm curious as to what plans Disney has for those tiles as they begin to make changes to the entrance of Epcot. Are they going to relocate them through Epcot? Are they going to be scrapped? Can we buy them back? Is there somebody at Epcot who can help us find our tile and get it back or find a permanent home at Epcot or elsewhere at Walt Disney World? Okay, I know that one's a, last one's a long shot, he says, but thanks for any help you might provide and keep up the good work. So it, it's interesting, Becky, the, the Leave a Legacy tiles in um, Epcot when they were first sold low those many years ago um it was you you were told that you weren't getting something on that was going to be there on a permanent basis um, right there there are 30 so obviously these are these 35 giant monoliths that i think they run from about like four to 20 feet tall or anything this program was begun i guess back in i, I want to say 99 is somewhere around there and they told you at the very beginning that that you were just sort of you know you you were renting you were renting space on these tiles and they would be there for a uh, a guarantee time of i believe 25 years or so and i believe they sold like more than like there's like four five hundred thousand tiles that they sold wow. up until about Midsummer 2007, even though they still and I think so, maybe the number is about half a million tiles. I think they had room for another 150 or so thousand. So even though that the kiosks were there and the photo stations were removed, but you were still able to go and search for the tiles um, now. And, and there's been rumors for years that these were going to get changed or moved or whatnot in february of this year they announced that as part of this transformation of epcot that's going to happen over a number of years part of it is going to be a a a, a redesign and a retheming beautifully by the way a lot of plants and flowers and trees of a new entrance plaza that's going to um really pay homage to the original 
park entrance with um, um, uh, some of the designs. And I think we, were, we might even see, if you remember years and years, they had this sort of three, um, this, I don't know what to call them, this sort of three statue-like prism fountain in the center. I think they're going to recreate something like that. But the good news is the Leave a Legacy photos and monoliths are not going to be destroyed but they are going to be moved to a setting just outside the gateway. So what I sort of imagine in my mind's eye is before you get through the entrance turnstiles, uh, there will be some sort of a grassy plaza or a, a concrete plaza where you'll still be able to go and find your tile. Hopefully you know where it is or, or maybe they'll still have that. I don't think they have the service on, online anymore. We're used to be able to find your tile, but they will still be there. Um, I know I have one. My parents had one and my brother has one. I think I sort of know where they are, but um, <laughs> you don't visit it every time you're there. I, I don't. I, I don't. I sort of just give it a nod and a wink and a wave as as I make my way into World Showcase to go eat. But um, so yeah, I'm happy that they're not going to be destroyed, but they are going to just be moved. So Becky, do you have one? I don't have a tile. I have a bunch of the bricks, so that's a whole nother um, issue that they just have announced that those are going away too. But uh, personally, when it comes to the tiles, I'm a little controversial, but I was never a fan. I kind of feel like it's a memorial when you walk into Epcot, like it, it belongs in Washington, D.C., rather than at a happy theme park. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm very happy that they have decided to to keep them so that those who have purchased them can, can still visit and see them. Uh, but I'm really, really thrilled to see the new uh the, the artist renderings of what the new entrance is going to be because it just looks beautiful and welcoming and um everything that kind of the leave a legacy tiles weren't to me anyway uh, you're, you're so not alone nice. to be clear you're not alone i mean when they first brought them in there was a lot of discussions that they i mean because of the shape and the color a lot of people felt they almost looked like tombstones yeah um and they were sort of um I think because of the color too, they were somewhat dark. They didn't have that sort of bright, cheery feel. I sort of get what they were going for in terms of the look, but it it did not sort of feel like, uh, especially for those of us who, you know, miss quote unquote original opening day Epcot. It didn't sort of feel like what that was all about. And, I, and so I, yeah. I get why there's, there's still to this day, a lot of people who are very happy to see them go because they felt it, it sort of was incongruous with what the design and, and the intent of Epcot was to tell. Yeah, and and those big, huge stones that they they take a lot of space up too. So you know, to move them off to the side sounds like a beautiful idea. It's a great um, a, a great compromise between you know not destroying them. Uh, leave you left a legacy, and it, it's just like again going back to the bricks. You're, you were told when you purchased them that they're not going to be there forever. But it sounds like at least with this, they're going to at least uh, give it a little bit more life, which right. is nice to see. Right. And just uh, as a quick aside, because you do you did mention the walk around the world bricks um, yeah. that are in front of Magic Kingdom and really sort of around a lot of the perimeter to the Transportation Ticket Center towards the Contemporary um, and, and the Grand Floridian. Those are the same kind of thing. You know, this was sort of your chance to not 
own a piece of Disney World, they were very clear. You were just sort of renting the uh, the yeah. space with the commemorative bricks, and which were sold with the, the express commitment that they were going to be displayed at least until 2011. So you've gotten you know eight years more of your money's worth, and like the monoliths where there was never a design or intent to be to allow guests to remove their individual tile and take them home you can't do the thing with the bricks you can't take out those bricks individually um they they are obviously going to be just dug up and destroyed but 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 if you sponsored a brick um you can actually buy a commemorative version only up until the end of august this year so there's a limited amount of time or while supplies last and if you go to um city hall at magic kingdom or guest relations at disney springs and you're able to sort of verify that your brick is your brick. Like, I know everybody wants to bring home the Becky bricks, but you can't. It's got to be your brick. Um, I believe they're about six inches, and they're only $10. So I I, I, I dig, the. while I'm sad to see them go and curious to see what's next, I really dig and I applaud the fact that rather than Disney saying, yeah, yeah, you could buy your brick, it's $99 plus tax, the fact that you can do it for 10 bucks. Uh, is cool so you're still able to keep it and put it up on your shelf or on your wall at home or in your you know front patio pavers <laughs> and it does break my heart to, to see those go i have five of the bricks <laughs> so it, it's it was so when i saw that i almost cried and then i had to write stuff about it and it, it did you know definitely break my heart but you know, when you bought them and it said they're guaranteed to be there for at least 10 years, 10 years seem like an eternity, right? Like it's going to be there no matter how long that you're going to be returning to the Magic Kingdom. And of course, it's um, it's not the case. And I'm really kind of bummed that I won't be able to see my books anymore. But I will purchase some of the uh, the the offerings that they gave us so that we can always remember them. And the other thing too, is if you were not able to get a walk around the world brick, but you still want one, you can actually get a, you can customize and purchase a brick for, I think it's $29 at the Tomorrowland light and power company in magic kingdom and marketplace co-op. And I think you'll be able to do it on shop Disney later on this year. So even if you didn't get a brick in the parks, you'll still be able to get one and take it home. That's very cool. So there you go. All right. And then, then again, oh, quickly, just going back on them. Some of them, though, honestly, I was looking at, at some of the pictures of the old bricks that I've had. You can barely read them anymore. So it's probably a good thing that I'm not buying them for $99 to bring them home. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Caitlin Cologne says, oh, I have a Disneyland food question. Yay, that didn't take long. I've never been to Disneyland. What? But I'm excited what? to say I will finally be going in a couple of months. Much like hey. you, I'm a huge foodie and cannot wait to try all the delicious treats and meals the Disneyland parks and resorts have to offer. I'm a few days out from my booking window and was wondering, what's the best restaurant to treat my mother to on Mother's Day? I've been trying to go back and forth to decide, but I just can't seem to narrow it down. Any and all suggestions would be greatly appreciated Thank you so much for all you do and helping to bring the magic of Disney to my own home. Caitlin, 
Caitlin, I love everything about your email. It's Disneyland, it's food, you're a first-timer, and more importantly, you're going with your mom, and you're taking her there for Mother's Day. My heart is literally swelling with excitement and joy and for the memories you're going to create and share together. However, Becky Mankin, because I still believe in chivalry and ladies first, you can answer the question, where should she take her mom for Mother's Day? Because it's really special, and there's only there's it's the corn dog wagon on Wayne Street, USA. There's nowhere else to go. Just get her a corn dog and look at the castle and <laughs> hug it out, and it's beautiful. It is, and I'm with you there. Uh, however, it's Mother's Day, and it's something that she wants to share. Okay, then get her a chimichanga too. No. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> I got excited there's for a only second. One restaurant that popped in my head right away when you said Mother's Day, and it's Blue Bayou, to me. Hmm. And the reason Why? for that, because I love the menu. It's got a great, um, a lot of different options for the menu. But the venue itself, when you go in, and it's dark, and you can, if you forget that you're in California, you could almost think that you're outside over the the starry, or under the starry sky in New Orleans. And it's just such a wonderful place to be and celebrate. I to, totally dig Blue Bayou. It's one of my very favorites. So as I was reading this question, my my mind was sort of jumping all over the place because you want this to be something special. You want it to be something memorable. Certainly you want it to be something delicious as well. Blue Bayou, I will tell you, is actually one of the ones that jumped up very quickly to the top of my mind's eye for a few reasons. One, it's classic Disneyland. It's Mm -hmm. inside the park. It's incredibly well-themed. You've got the atmosphere of the the little ship and the water and the fireflies and the music and all that and and the monte cristos yeah and there's also the gumbo <laughs> and the, yeah so there's a there's a lot that you can do um in terms of of making that very high on your list and that's sort of this is sort of the double-edged sword is that there's so many good places to eat yeah. so some people might say oh well you go to napa rose because it's napa rose i don't that's not necessarily the one that i would put first um i, yeah. I think blue bayou is definitely one that would be up there um i, I might actually agree with you becky I, I might you know i'm trying to think of others wow. um carthay circle is uh, yeah but i think i like the food yeah. of blue bayou better you know, they um, almost like Carnation Cafe, Cafe, like, but I would I wouldn't do that for dinner. I I would also think about like Lamplighter Lounge over Carthay in a weird way. Uh, but I'm trying to think it's Mother's Day, right? Oh, so Mother's is it Day. is it Napa yeah. Rose? You know, do you do Napa Rose because it's yeah. you know it's it's a, a wonderful but I think you're right. I think for quintessential classic Disney World dining with atmosphere and ambiance and excellent food inside the park, I think Blue Bayou is one that, that yeah, I, I think I'll, I'm going to go with Blue Bayou as well. And that's where I had, I remember having uh, dinner with my father there too. And so it kind of has that nostalgia to me about being there with your parents and just, again, like you said, quintessential Disney. Yeah. But I also want to know from listeners, if you have one that you think is better, go to the WW Radio Box People group on Facebook. I'll put this question there. Let us know, or you can just email me or call the voicemail 407-900-9391. Like, Mangello, how did you not say 
Steakhouse 55, or which is also a nice one too, because it's also There's a Disneyland a hotel. Great choices there, and now with with uh, the Downtown Disney area, which is still called Downtown Disney, by the way, uh, they're adding restaurants too, and there's just a ton of great places to enjoy. But like you said, it's Mother's Day. It's special. It's a bonding thing. It's creating a memory, and something like Blue Bayou is going to do that. All right, so I'm picking out this next email because I see your name mentioned specifically, and it's from That's Molly scary. Enquist. It says, hello, Lou and Becky. Well, It says no question mark, but that's how I read the exclamation points as just straight up and down question marks. I just just listened to your recent listener email podcast, number 554, and it made me think of a question for upcoming trip. Well, it's a few, but who's counting? And they're about food, so it's fine. Oh, it's also about food. (laughs) It's food. More food. Uh, And you can choose which one or all that you'd like to answer. So, all right, Becky, we'll do these rapid fire. First off, I've been listening since 2012. Thank you. And I love all the different varieties of shows from interviews to top 10-ish. And, of course, listener emails. Keep on keeping on, Lou. We just booked our next trip to Disney World. Yes, through MEI. Thanks, Mike. And we are going to uh, the beginning of December 2019. It's just the two of us. We could make it if we try. Just the two of sorry, <laughs> just the two of us children posing as adults. I almost broke out in song. That was really. Scary. I was gonna say if you sing it, I would really be impressed. Uh, Come on, you can I'll do just, it. We usually make reservations for one or two places to eat. The rest of our time, we take our chances with waiting or bellying up to the bar. So that brings us to decision making. We want to test out, be our guest. Would you make reservations for lunch or for dinner, Becky? I'll, we'll just stop right there and answer. I have my answer for that one. Do you? Yeah. You know, I got to go back there again. It's been a while since I've done Be Our Guest. And I, at the time, and tell me, maybe you can educate me on, on if something new has occurred. But at the time I did lunch probably a year ago, a couple of years ago, I actually liked lunch better. My answer was going to be lunch. My answer okay. was absolutely going to be, yeah, I, it wasn't even a thought for me. It was definitely going to be lunch. Plus, it's also a nice way to get out of the crowds and the heat in the middle of the day. It's a nice little respite inside. So, uh, and I like the lunch menu. Um, yeah, I would definitely yeah. do lunch there. Because isn't the dinner, and please, again, uh, it's been a while. Maybe we need to go and, and do this when I get back. Um, isn't the dinner still a prefix? So the way it works is that during lunch, it's sort of it, it's quick service. Yeah, it's sort of quick service plus ish. Right. And for dinner, it is um, um, it sort of converts over over to uh, table service. Yeah, but isn't it like a three course experience? Right, you choose okay, you so choose appetizer, thing. entree, okay. and then there's the dessert trio. Got it. And I think that yeah, and I think the kids have a choice of like four different entrees as well. I did dinner there once eons ago when it first opened and it was lovely and it definitely felt more elegant and upscale for some reason i don't know why but i prefer the lunch experience over the dinner experience yeah i did too from the last time i was there but you know what it's been a while maybe we should try it so that we're up to date on the latest menus and the things that have um, gone in there because one thing i do love i love that venue it's so beautiful Favorite room would be our guest. If you could eat in one room, which one do you eat in? I I do like the ballroom area. Shocking. Just because it's light. Shocking. I thought you you were going to like the dark and stormy room. I figured that was totally, it's. 
Okay, I do like it over there. <laughs> yeah, it, I've been to your house. It looks exactly like the inside of your house. It's just Wait, dark and, and wow. heavy curtains. <laughs> Wait, she has more questions. <laughs> she has more questions. Becky, uh, Molly also says, <laughs> also, we pick one country each time to have a sit-down meal, and it's Italy this time. So which <gasps> restaurant in Italy is better for a nice sit-down experience? Oh. Well... So you basically have, you know, you basically have um, uh, Vianopoli or, yeah. right, or you've got Tutto Italia. And I, I think you were talking about a, a nice, more formal, when she says nice, a more formal thing is probably Tutto Italia. But if that's what she's looking for. Now, mind you, I haven't been to Tutto Italia in eons. Like, it's been eight, I might not have been there wow. since... They either first went over or maybe even when it was Alfredo's. Like, that's how wow. long it's been. Yeah, it's that. that's how long it's been since I've been there. Because um, it was I, good last time I was there. It was probably uh, maybe six months ago. And I love the menu. And it is a little bit more upscale feeling than, um, than Viennapoli. But, but I do oh love God. the food Jeez. at Viennapoli, though. Oh, so um, I. I, and I, we reviewed it on the show. Oh, God, it's it's got to be six seven years ago uh let me do a quick look yeah show 320 wow that was wow. that's april 2013 uh it's been six <laughs> years but and i've talked about this before as the new jersey guy the new jersey transplant that misses good pizza Viennopoli has some of the best pizza you'll find in the area now mind you you can't just sort of order it and have it delivered to you via doordash at home which would be lovely by the way um but it is it is it is worth Making the, oh, I love the white pizza with the artichoke. So good. We have to go there too. I'm famished, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, well, the other thing that happens to us is that if we start heading towards Italy, it becomes, oh, let's just stop into Tutto Gusto and see if there's a seat available. And, you know, obviously you can get the same menu in Tutto Gusto, which for me, I think that's got more of an authentic feel in the wine cellar. So wait, so don't answer that. So don't say anymore because her last question is, which is your favorite place to have a meal? while bellying up to the bar. And my first thought on reading that yeah. was the Tutto Gusto wine bar. Yeah, I, I'd even still stick with that because I could hang out there for hours. And, you know, <laughs> you, no, 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 no. You have hung out there for hours. Yeah, You've literally been asked to leave by management. Like, ma'am, really, <laughs> Epcot closed three hours ago. It's, we ha you have to go. That is still one of my favorite times that you and I ever did. My first food review was in there, and that was... Um, gosh, we were in there for what two and a half hours or something. <laughs> we were there a long time. <sighs> that too. So that was good. back in 2016. That was show 458, the Tutto Gusto live ago? review. Yep. Holy jollies! Time flies. <laughs> time flies, and you're eating a lot and having fun. So. And they have one of the best lasagnas. Oh. I just like being able to order a lot of little picky things and share yeah. it, and and have a glass of wine or a glass of water or an iced tea or just sit there. And it's quiet and it's comfortable and you don't feel rushed and you don't feel like you're in sometimes the, the chaos of late night, Saturday night in Epcot with everybody yeah. sort of rushing around and trying to get the, it, it's very easy to get well, lost in, in yeah. a, a, a quiet meal there as a couple, or we've also gone with bunches of friends and there's been mm -hmm. eight, nine of us, you know, huddled around a table <laughs> a, again for hours on end. Yeah, and it's interesting because Tutto Italia has got the the wonderful, you know, 
classic um, Italian menu, but you can get the menu in the other place. But if you're looking for like the decor and that feeling, Tutto Italia looks nice. It's just very large and it's, you know, tables all together and it really doesn't feel like you're in Italy. When you walk into Tutto Gusto, it really does feel like a lot of the places I've been in Italy where the lower ceiling and the, um, the wine barrels and it just, it feels very authentic when you're in there. I agree. So, so I think I, I would like, we have been every time we get there, it's like, let's go see if there's a table in Tutto Gusto. And of course there usually is. And that's why we haven't been anywhere else <laughs> for a while. Sort of. Um, anyway, so Molly says, hopefully we'll run into you for a hug while we're there. I hope as well, Molly, uh, Matthew Gunn, possibly related to James Gunn, says, hey, I've been a listener for a few years, have some questions about an upcoming trip to Orlando. I have a conference at the Gaylord June 19th to 22nd, and as a Disney fan, I would much rather stay at Disney, and my questions revolve around transportation. I need to keep my room costs comparable to the conference hotel, so I'm thinking of staying at Pop Century or maybe Port Orleans Riverside, unless you have a better under $300 a night suggestion. I'll need to get back and forth to the Gaylord each day for seminars, so I'm wondering if it makes more sense to rent a car and just drive, or do I take Magical Express from the airport and then just Uber or Lyft back and forth to the Gaylord every day? I'm just curious if it's feasible to not rent a car. Anyway, love the show. Thanks for your thoughts, Matthew, not James Gunn. So basically, right now, he's staying at at the Gaylord, which is just outside of property, maybe two miles or so. Big, beautiful um, primarily a convention, but also a resort hotel as well. He wants to keep the room cost comparable, but trying to figure out how to get back and forth. So is there some place he could stay for under $300 a night? And then what's the best way to get back and forth to Gaylord? I have thoughts, but you are the travel agent lady. So I want to hear yours first. There's all kinds of ways that you can go about this. And of course, it, uh, what was the dates again? That helps me. June 19th to the 22nd. Okay. So it's kind of into the high season. So you're going to get those higher rates. But if for a moment, because if you have that um, whatever drive that is that has art of animation and um, and the the new entrance into the Caribbean beach is just right around the corner from Gaylord. It's not that hard to get there. Right. So if you were to stay at, say, Caribbean beach, you could stay under your nightly level that you're talking about and you could easily uber or lift over to gaylord and, and keep it relatively inexpensive because that wouldn't be that that far of a of a um of a fare uh alternatively you could rent a car but is there going to be parking mm-hmm. um costs at the gaylord i'm not exactly sure i would have to double check on that um but i i think for convenience if you want to be on property and you're trying to save money, your your best bet might be to stay in that area that's right around the corner from Gaylord and just um, Uber or Lyft over back and forth. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would, and, and as somebody who travels for conventions and things like that, you know, a lot of times it's the convenience of the hotel that you're paying for. But in this case, you want to have access to Disney. So I would rather maybe stay in a place that's not as, you know, super nice or luxurious or a deluxe hotel, save that money. I I would not rent a car. I would absolutely do Uber or Lyft primarily because you will pay for parking every single time you go back and forth to the Gaylord um, for the conference. Um, 
you also just want the convenience of not having to pick up the car, drop off the car, every, everything that's sort of associated yeah. with it. The other thing to think of, too, are if you can't get a good rate at one of the Walt Disney World hotels, look to some of, I still call them good neighbor hotels, but look at the Disney Springs hotels. There's mm-hmm. Wyndham's, there's Hilton's, there's Hyatt's, there's the B. They usually have phenomenal rates. Um, they're easily accessible in terms of getting to and from uh, the Gaylord, and then obviously are very, very close to Disney Springs as, as well as the rest of property. So uh, I would not rec- rent a car. I would do the Uber Lyft and then see what you can do on property. Maybe even get a travel agent over at Mouse Fan Travel to help to you. To help. Oh, you look go. what you just did there. That was very cool. Now, I will say that while you were just um, justifying what I had said, that yes, there is a parking fee at the Gaylord. So that kind of cements it right there. Yeah, and it's relatively hefty. I mean, I think the last time I, yeah. I think the last time I spoke there, it was maybe and it was like twenty two dollars. Like twenty four. Yeah. Twenty four a day. Yeah. So. So right there is your your car rental. So, uh, or your Uber or Lyft is going to go back and forth just on that without the car rental cost. So yeah, I think it's uh, I think we're both right. Yeah. So Kevin from Seattle, Bellevue, really hey. says. Uh, oh my gosh! I'm waving at him right now because I'm right here. He oh, yeah he's he's dead. <laughs> He says, hey, Becky and Lou, which clearly he meant. Oh, and he was question marks I love and, this guy already. No, no, I'm sorry. He says, hey, Lou and Becky, I'm going to the world in May and I am a pass holder. I geek out on all the planning aspects of my Walt Disney World trips, our own or those of friends and family. It's part of the fun for me. Otherwise, I would have mouse fan travel do all the work at no cost to me. Maybe I just need to work for Becky. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the question is, pay attention, Becky. This is right in your wheelhouse. When do the spring resort room only discounts for pass holders typically drop? I have a placeholder reservation at pop, but I'm hoping to either lower the cost or raise the resort level or both. It seems the selection is best early on, but do you have tips for better AP discounted room selections and when the deepest discounts are available? I generally implement the book and look strategy, book something, then keep on looking for something better to replace it. Thanks, and hoping May's meet of the month is the second weekend. Kevin from Seattle, Bellevue, really. Okay. Well, this year they kind of changed things up on us, where before we were kind of used to the whole free dine thing hitting about May, and then about that time you would still, you would get the 30% off on the rooms that kind of hit. They did it much earlier in the season this year. So we saw some of the best discounts for that, uh, that, early spring, summer timeframe actually hit in January. Uh, right now, if, if you haven't already called to readjust, um, you probably should do it pretty quickly because they've gone from the 30% off, all the, they're already down to the 25% off. So that is, you kind of missed that 30 window if you didn't already book during that time period, but it doesn't mean that they won't go back sometimes and go, you know what, we still need to fill some rooms during this time period. And then they might roll out another offer on top of it. It's one of those shameless plug. Um, When you do book with us and we do pass holder discounts, a lot of people don't realize that when you are a pass holder, that we can actually get that discount for you. The moment that these offers come out, we apply it. So you don't even have to worry about when they come out. Um, it took us very much by surprise. I think a lot of people when they, uh, when they rolled out the free dine and that 30% off in January, cause that's never happened before. But I think that in the new world of, um, of new resorts coming out and the attractions and the, 
uh, in Star Wars and Galaxy's Edge and all the things that are happening, we're going to see uh, less and less availability, which means those offers might just pop up and go away really quickly as they're trying to fill weeks that um, that are kind of on the edges. And, so, I'm sorry. And, and is the book and look strategy like the way to go, like get what you can and then keep on trying to see what avail- what discounts yes. are available and what can be applied to it? Yes. And that's what we do. We always encourage people that if you know you're going to go during this time period, book it. Book it and hold it, and um, you, you're not at risk. Your deposit isn't at, at risk. Your uh, if you're booking a room only as a pass holder, you actually have quite a lot of time before your money's at risk at all. So you book it, you hold it, you know that you have it secure, and you know you're at the resort you want. And then when an offer does come out, you can apply the savings. So that's your best bet to make sure that you have the resort you want. And you are just watching for the best rate as it comes out and available as the offers roll out. Cool. All right, let's try and um, we're gonna we're gonna pick up the pace and try and do. Uh, I'll come try and pick a couple of questions <laughs> that so at funny. least appear to be <laughs> appear to be relatively short. The next one is from Ali Vickers. Says, "Hey Lou, I discovered your podcast a few months ago and have been diving in quickly. I'm a new Disney fanatic, and ever since our visit in April, I've been trying to find a book or a site." that reviews the evolution of of the Disney World property in Orlando over the years. Do I know of any? Do I know of any? Allie Vickers, not only do I know of any, I'll give you not one, not two, not three. How about 10 books that you need to read and more importantly, wow. that need to be in every Walt Disney World fans library? This is an episode we did in a few years ago there we've talked about doing a, a follow-up episode because there's definitely 10 more but if you go to show number 407 it's 10 books that need to be in every Walt Disney World fans library and we spe- we specify ones I remember doing this episode where we talk about the the early history of Walt Disney World there are a number of them that are no longer in print um, eBay is is very much your friend I will tell you that still one of my favorites is since the world began by Jeff Curdy it is a you can get it um, on eBay and from some used bookstores still in in awesome condition it's it's still one of my favorite books to read one of my favorite go-to books for research um, Jeff is an amazing writer as well as yeah. historian and has some unique photos in there as well um when do you have time to read i don't but my library it looks beautiful all the books there look beautiful i'm gonna i still keep i have to sell some of my books on ebay because i i'd rather see them go to somebody who can take advantage of them rather than sit here literally collecting dust um because i have I have multiple bookcases and bookshelves as well as sort of the on deck circle for books that I want to read. And as I quickly look over, there are two, four, six, there's about 17 books. No kidding. That are in the oh on deck. circle. Gosh. They've been there for about 17 years. So did that Jeff do his books on tape? Yeah. No, no, I don't even have time to do that. So, um, all right, let's move on. Hey Lou, I'm new to the podcast and listening from show number yikes one. Oi. However, wow. it takes a very long time to scroll all the way to the bottom to get to the older podcasts from my phone. Is there a way to search, go to a particular podcast without having to scroll through them all? I love what I'm hearing so far. I'm a huge fan of Walt Disney. I've been going since 1971. She says, thank you, Lori Risher. So, Lori, thank you. I appreciate you Look, going back to show one and still continuing on. It's six minutes of torture. However, so a couple of different things. One, I'm actually working on, for the for the WW Radio site, I'm working on a site and search update. But you can very easily, on your phone, search for show types, 
topics, guests, even specific attractions using my favorite podcast player, which is Overcast, O-V-E-R-C-A-S-T. It's for iOS. I don't know if there's an Android version. It's free, has a great um, interface and features. You can go to overcast.fm or just search for it in the iTunes store. I actually made a quick little video showing exactly how easy it is to find the episode you're looking for. And you can apply this to Overcast or other players as well. But if you go to www.radio.com slash Overcast, it'll actually show you exactly how to do it right in the app. I'm going to move on because the next question that I see right underneath it says, Hey, Lou, I swear it says this. Hello, Lou and Queen Becky. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole email. No, I was so excited to meet Lou at the Indie Disney meet. So much fun. Looking forward to going back this year oh, with yeah. Becky Mankin that I forgot. When is the next nighttime parade going to come to Magic Kingdom? You were right when you said we would get to see illuminations when we get when we go this December and uh, uh, you, you were right when we said we get to see Illuminations when we went in December, but I love the answer to this, too. Thanks for all that you do to keep us entertained, Janet Harp. So, Becky, this has been the longstanding rumor and mystery mm-hmm. in terms of nighttime parade. I don't think it would be outside the realm of possibility to wonder, hope, wish, dream, whatever it is, that for the anniversary coming up this October, we will see the introduction of a new nighttime parade in Magic Kingdom To that point, timing being everything, it also would not surprise me in the least bit to see that parade announced at D23 Expo in Anaheim this summer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking in the back of my mind going, if we don't know it today, we're going to probably know about it at Expo. All right, let me try and find one or two other uh, very quick questions. This is what happens when... All right, so we'll do... I'll do one more question and then I'll and then I'll give Becky my little Oh, I thought you forgot surprise. about that already. Actually, you know what, Becky? We're going to I'm going to um that'll be the end of the listener questions for now. However, we're oh, not boy. done yet. Just when you thought you were out, I pulled you back in because Great. last time we did it, I enjoyed it so much. We're going to do uh-huh. it again. Insert sound effect here. It's time for the lightning round. Yay. Okay. <laughs> These are all for you, all right? <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to make this, it's the softball of softballs for you. It's right in your wheelhouse. Favorite lounge in Walt Disney World? Um, well. <laughs> okay, favorite lounge that anybody can get into. Uh, you know what? One of my, my very favorite lounge is the Bellevue Room at uh, Boardwalk. Why? Because I like the atmosphere there. I love Tim and Alan, the bartenders, which are have been there for years and years and years. And when I look at them and say, I'd like a sunken treasure, they know how to make one. Oh, so um, the second. fact that they can cater to your very specific whims. is. A, I like Bellevue Lounge. I like the atmosphere. I don't like the fact that there's no food. Yeah, I that's know. Where, that's where the lounge fails. Yeah, I, I know, but all right, so Cruise Cap then comes in second place. Okay, I'm going to save my answer for whenever we get around to doing the top 10 lounges in Walt Disney World show. Favorite attraction in Epcot Center? Hmm. Wow. You know what? Believe it or not, I really, really love um, Spaceship Earth. 
I would say Soren, but I get Soren at, at Disneyland. So I, I like Spaceship Earth there because it's unique. Um, I have great memories of big groups going on and all um, saying the the script together, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but I know that it's probably going to look a lot different uh, in the next coming years. So I'm going to savor the moment that I really enjoy Spaceship Earth. Interesting. Um Okay, as we as we continue our countdown you, to Avengers, I'm not going to answer um, because I don't know favorites. <laughs> as we continue our countdown to Avengers Endgame, what is your favorite Marvel oh. movie? You can only give me one. Oh, oh, I can't just give you one. I just said you can only give me one. There's no way you can just have one. There's no, there's no possible way. Um, Captain Marvel and Infinity War. No, pick one. <laughs> Infinity War had me on the edge of my seat the entire time and I was like cheering for everybody and knowing what was coming with Endgame and I get to see Endgame and I'm excited but I also love Black Panther but I also I I really I know I know Captain Marvel was very controversial for some people that some people either loved it or hated it I'm on the loved it side and I, I think it, if you would have asked me a year ago obviously the answer would be different but because of what I know that she means to the Marvel universe and the power that she has and the things that are going forward. And I like her snarkiness, believe it or not. No, no, <laughs> I, dude, I, we all believe it. Don't worry. Yeah. 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 I I'm going to go Captain Marvel right now. Okay. Favorite resort to stay in, in Walt Disney world. Oh, like if you're going to spend a lot of time at the resort, not in the parks. Favorite resort, favorite resort to stay in. You can qualify yeah. that however you want, but it's your if favorite resort. Gonna, if, I, I will take it from the point of I'm just going to stay at the resort and go nowhere else. I'm going to say Animal Kingdom Lodge in Savannah View. So far away. <laughs> but it has great bread. Favorite Disney mountain. This is, this is lightning round. This is a lightning round. But I, when you're saying favorite, there's I have lots of favorites, and then I have to like come up with the number one, and then I have to work it through in my brain. Favorite mountain and why? Quickly. What is it? What is That's it? What I, Matterhorn. Why? Because that was the first attraction that my dad was teasing me about wanting to ride, and and he told me that the Yeti was in there and would be very scary until we rode the um, – the sky buckets through it. I looked down and just noticed it was like a regular roller coaster and he didn't want to go on it. And all of a sudden he was teasing me that entire time. And I realized this is a roller coaster. So I made him go on it. All right, I have last a great question. memory there. Last, this, the seats are a little rough after the last refurbishment. Yeah. I, I can't do it anymore, but that's, you know, it's my favorite mountain from a, I love Disney and you know, that whole personal story. Last question. Last question, appropriately about food, and your last question is about your last meal. What is your death row meal from any one Disney restaurant? You can't do that to me. I can because I just did. Watch. No, What's your favorite death row meal from any one Disney restaurant? But you're supposed to be answering these two, aren't you? I am in my mind. I know, but you're supposed to tell all of us. I will on the in the WWE Radio Box People group when I list out all these questions and answer them. Oh, so base, I get it. Which right. I forgot to do last time, but this time I'm really <laughs> going to do it. <laughs> That's what this really is about. Okay. Uh, uh, 
Well, all right. Your you, death row meal from any one Disney restaurant. And this probably will not surprise you. I can never say the name, but the teppanyaki place in Japan. Teppanetto. Yep. Interesting. And what do you order from there? Um, other the, than other than confusing the poor Japanese server about your fruity <laughs> drink that you want. Go ahead. No, it, that one's easy. Tokyo Sunset in a heartbeat. If anybody likes sweet drinks, sweet fruity drinks, order the Tokyo Sunset. They actually have a Hands lovely. Down, it, it's a it. I think it's only seasonal, but I was just there. I was there for ladies night and Rick Springfield concert the other night. And there was like eight of us, nine of us, all, all the ladies and me. Oh yes. It's ladies night. And I'm feeling, they have a cherry blossom, like cocktail martini, which was, it was like $10. Ooh. It was lovely. Ooh. And it was oh, pink. And I was totally cool thing. drinking it. I was totally comfortable in my manhood drinking my little fruity pink drink. But I thought yeah, of you because, because you invited yourself to ladies night. What do you expect? I was invited to ladies night. Moving on. What <laughs> do you order? I, I'm going to I'm going to also add a second one for that, too. No, you can't. It's yeah, I can. you only die once. You only get <laughs> one <different> meal. <laughs> I, I might have nine lives. Just just so you know, I'm I Becky. Be- I can die <laughs> as many times as I feel like. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> can I be a flurkin? That would be awesome. You're, yeah. Okay. So it's anyway, So again, I am going to post. Um, I am going to post the these one? questions uh, in the it. box people group over um, on Facebook. If you go to www.radio.com/slash/community, where I'd also love to hear your thoughts about any of the things we talk about on this week's show. If you have a question that you want us to answer on the show, just email me. Lou at www.radio.com. Visit Mouse Fan Travel for all your vacation planning needs. And please give me a round of applause thanking the Yay. lovely and, and oh so very interesting Becky Mankin for joining me once again. You gotta admit, VA Chef's Table did not suck. And she ends on a potty mouth word. What? Potty mouth. That's not potty mouth. It's potty mouth. Language. Is somebody just gonna say something about cap saying language? My Iron Man to your Captain America. I wonder what tour this is going to survive. I like that Becky uses the word flurkin like it's a curse. Like it sounds like a curse word to her, so she does use it. I'm going to go to the flurkin bank. It's not a curse word. Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see, hear, sometimes taste in the parks. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I was talking about how change, as we know, is coming to Epcot. I'm excited for what we do. I'm even more excited for what they have not announced as yet. And one of the things that I expect is going to change in the next few months or years is going to be Spaceship Earth. And over the years, it's actually undergone a number of different major and minor changes and updates and upgrades, not just in terms of narrators and scenes, but in sponsors. And recently was sponsored by Siemens. Currently, there is no sponsor for Spaceship Earth. But I wanted to know who was the original sponsor of Spaceship Earth 
when the attraction opened in 1982. Thanks to the hundreds of you who entered, got this one correct or close enough that I counted it anyway, I was looking for Bell and AT&T because when it opened in 1982, Spaceship Earth was sponsored by the Bell system. Now that only lasted until 1984 when Bell was broken up into a number of smaller companies. It was at that point that its parent company, AT&T, was now sort of its own uh, separate entity, and they sponsored Spaceship Earth from 84 until 2004. Then from 2005 to 2017, Siemens was the sponsor in of Spaceship Earth. Again, currently there is no sponsor. Who knows what the future is going to hold? But I took, I was looking for Bell. I also took AT&T because they were sort of part of one big I guess, happy giant corporate family. So I was looking for Bell System, Bell Labs, also AT&T. I took either slash both. And again, last week you were playing for all of my digital products, which include my 102 Ways to Save Money for Not Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom, a WW Radio vinyl sticker, a WW Radio pop socket, and I'm also throwing in a WW Radio t-shirt. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Brian Edwards. So, Brian, you used the online form. I have all your shipping information. I will get that out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. And for some reason, I have chosen to stay in Epcot Center. I think I'm having sort of a sense of romantic nostalgia memories of that park growing up and watching it change and even mature over the years. Now I actually want to take you back to Interventions, which, again, we expect to undergo a radical change over the next few months and years. And you may or may not remember that back in the early 2000s, Interventions actually had its own, more of a host than really a mascot. And that's what I want you to tell me this week. What was the name of the former host of Interventions back in the early 2000s? Now, you may have to really put on your thinking caps for this one or use the Google or Ask Jeeves or AltaVista.com, however it is that you look things up. But I'm looking for that Epcot Interventions mascot in the early 2000s. I'll even give you another hint from about 2000 to 2007 or so is is the, the name of the former host that I'm looking for. Now, you have until Sunday... April 14th at 11.59 p.m. Go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Use the form there. Again, you're going to play for the digital products, the vinyl sticker, and a WW Radio shirt. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in. This and every week, I understand and appreciate how valuable your time is. It's the only commodity that we can't go out and make more of. So I am incredibly grateful that you spent it with me this week. I also want to thank some of the members of the WW Radio Nation family, including new members like Chris Reynolds, Mark Davis, Andrew Bally and James Connors, I am so thankful to you and for your love and your friendship and support of the WW Radio Nation and really being able to help the show. If you want to find out how you can help the show, also get exclusive rewards every month. I create new scavenger hunts. We have a private Facebook group, magic band covers, logo gear, t-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World and 
We also do exclusive live video group calls where we're all on the video call together. And don't forget that a portion of your contribution does go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Again, it's completely optional, but a great way for you to help show your support of the show. To find out more and become a member of the WW Radio Nation, please go to www.radio.com support. And again, whether this is your first time or your 550th time listening to the show, I am so very thankful for you. I would love for you to be part of the community and conversation and come and contribute as much or as little as you like. The best place and way to do that is by joining our Box People group on Facebook at www.radio.com slash Box People. You can also connect and communicate with me on social app at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. If you have a question I'm going to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com or call the voicemail. Be heard on the air with a question, a comment, or just a hello from the parks or your favorite restaurant or your favorite attraction, which is also a restaurant, at 407-900-9391. Of course, nothing beats a handshake and a hug. I want to thank everybody who came out to our last meet of the month this past weekend during the Star Wars Rival Run weekend, and congratulations to everybody who walked ran, walked, jog, or cheered. It was just part of that in- entire incredible experience. Also, huge thanks to the Polite Pig in Disney Springs for hosting us for our last meet of the month. Our next meet for May will likely be the first or last weekend. I'm not exactly sure. Definitely stay tuned. In the meantime, though, I will be live this coming weekend from Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, April 11th through the 14th. Be sure you have notifications turned on in the Box People group as well as our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Radio. If you're going to be there, maybe we can do a meetup. Otherwise, watch and chat live as I bring you information about the past and the present and the future and Galaxy's Edge. I'm thinking and looking out for you while I'm there. And if you go to www.radio.com slash events, you can find out about upcoming, not just meets of the month, but special events, cruises. We have one spot left for Japan. We still have amazing rates for our cruise out of New Orleans in February 2020. And I'll have announcements about some upcoming special events coming very, very soon. I'll also be scheduling some meetups as I travel on the road to speak. And if I can join you and help you by speaking to your conference, to your event, to your school, please visit loumangelo.com. And if I can help you individually, turn this thing that you love into this thing that you do so whether you're a content creator have a brick and mortar store or just an idea you are trying to get off the ground there's a couple ways i can help you my momentum weekend retreat at a luxury vacation home in walt disney world is from may 31st through june 2nd i'm going to extend the super early bird pricing and special discount if you use code move forward it's limited to just 10 entrepreneurs we only have four seats left If that doesn't work for you, my Momentum Weekend Workshop, September 28th and 29th here in Walt Disney World. I'm extending the special pricing there. And if you visit loumangelo.com, you can find out more information about either or both of those events or how I can work with you one-on-one or via small group weekly mastermind calls. Thanks, as always, again to Becky Mankin, not just for joining me on the show, but for her over a decade of support and sponsorship, visit Mouse Fan Travel for all your vacation planning needs and go to celebrationspress.com to subscribe and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend. I mean that, whether we have met yet or not. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. It's the best way to not just get the word out, but really build an organic and real sense of 
family and community. And if you could take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show on iTunes, it's incredibly helpful. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Erica308, who said in all capital letters, lots of exclamation points. I love this podcast. Lou's an awesome host with wonderful guests, interesting topics, and an unparalleled passion for all things Disney. His show keeps me company each day as I drive into work and sometimes at work too. I also appreciate that the podcast stays family friendly. Always have been, always will be, by the way. So I can listen with my daughter. I dig that. Thank you for being such a gracious and humble host. And I love the community that WW Radio has become. See ya. Right back at you, Erica. Big Crimson says, great show. It's our favorite Disney show. Thanks so much, Lou. GQBED says, it's addictively good. WDW Radio brings the magic back from the parks and keeps it alive at home. No matter how long I was at last in Walt Disney World, Lou's friendly and charismatic approach to each episode creates the atmosphere of sitting in my living room and talking to a good friend who's always hungry. GQ wrote that, not me. No matter how will read i think a lot no matter how well read sorry i think i am on a topic glue always brings new information or a spin making me eager for the next episode once the current one ends this is definitely a can't miss podcast for the walt disney world lover gq gq bed bing crip big crimson and eric thanks to each and every one of you again just search for ww radio on itunes or go to wwradio.com slash itunes i have detailed instructions on exactly how and where to do it and finally and most importantly thank you thank you thank you you by virtue of your friendship and support and love and just being here and listening has made so many dreams come true for me that i never even realized i had and that's why i want to try and not just thank you but repay that gift and help you any way that i can and Whatever it is that you're thinking about or want to do or you're working on or this you sort of have in the back of your mind, wherever that goal is that you are trying to reach, remember that the real, the shortcut to, to achieving that goal and living out your dream is by not taking any shortcuts at all. There is no easy way. You have to put in the time, do the work, be passionate, make those sacrifices and believe in yourself. And again, if I can help you, please let me know. But in the meantime, just get out there, go do your thing, pursue that dream of yours and keep being awesome and have your best week ever. Thanks again. See ya. Hi, Lou. It's Caleb from Dallas. I just listened to the episode about the best seats in Walt Disney World. Uh, Great show, but I can't believe nobody picked that rocking chair on the porch in Liberty Square where you can sit, watch the world go by, and if you're lucky, catch the uh, Festival of Fantasy Parade. That is just one of my absolute favorite spots to sit, especially if I've got a kid taking a nap. And uh, surprised nobody picked it. But have a great day, great show. Thanks for all you do. Hey, Lou, this is Jeff Richardson, Brookhaven, Mississippi. I just listened to your episode about the top ten seats, and I wanted to talk about my three of my favorites. One of them is the day you arrive. We always kind of arrive late in the afternoon and can grab a bus and head to a park. And so that seat on the bus on day one, as you get as you get on there and you're headed towards your park for the first time, that's pretty special because you know you're about to be at one of the Walt Disney World parks. My second one is early, early in the morning before my family wakes up. If we're at Animal Kingdom Lodge, I like to go down and sit in the lobby and you start smelling the smells coming out of Boma. Everything's kind of quiet. And all the folks that are down there are probably checking their email or just kind of mulling around. So that's a neat, quiet seat on an early morning. And my third is after a long day 
sometimes our first day is a long day at Epcot after walking through all the lands and, and all the pavilions, heading inside to eat dinner at San Angel Inn and getting a seat down close to the water and feeling like you're at nighttime in Mexico. That's like, like one of the best seats you can get in the entire Walt Disney World Kingdom. So appreciate that show. That was a great one. I think you could do a top 100 seats and not get all of them. So uh, great to listen to the most recent show. Good luck in everything you do. Thanks, Lou. Hey, Lou. It's Christine Morrison from Flower Town, PA. I hope everybody's having a wonderful week. It is Wednesday morning, and I'm super excited because I have a lot of errands to run a lot of clients' houses to go to today on my day off, in quotations. I call it working from home. I just looked to see what podcast was I going to listen to today, and you have a new episode, so woohoo! That's what I'm going to listen to in the car this morning, so I'll let you know what I think. It's always awesome, so that's pretty much my answer. It was awesome before you even listen to it. But I am on, <clears throat> excuse me, going backwards, I'm on episode 174. I'm getting there, getting closer, being done, back down to episode one. So anyway, I just wanted to um, say hi to everybody and uh, wish everybody a good week. Make somebody smile, and I will see you all in the box hopefully tonight. I haven't been able to make it. I've been so busy, but I try to check in and say hi to everybody. So hopefully I'll see you all tonight. Take care. Bye-bye. 